And so when did you get into paranormal investigating? Because you said you just started in 2016, but I'm assuming you've been doing it longer. Yes. Uh, my first official investigation was in 2011. Okay. And that's what got me started wanting to do more investigations. So how did you get into it? How, I mean, did you just wake up one day and was like, I'm going to be a paranormal investigator? <laughs> um, how it all originally started? So who do we have in the studio today? That is Katie Wilkowski. Okay, uh, what's what's her story? How do we know her? Uh, actually, we, we don't really know her okay. at all. <laughs> um, she emailed us her website and said she had a story she wanted to share. And I was like, okay, um, set up a time. She came in the next week, and here we are talking to her. Um, I do know that she's just starting a paranormal investigation team, and she wanted to talk a little bit about how that all got started. So here it do is. Do you hear anything now? No? Nope. No. I just hear you. Oh, and I'm Ryan. This is Kelsey. And this is Strange Transmissions. There. I can hear. Yes. Good. All right. Can I have you introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Katie Wilkowski, and I am the owner of Minnesota Paranormal Energy. We actually just started in 2016. And I am slowly building a paranormal investigation group. So we are going to multiple locations. We would love to do all 50 states if possible, but that's everybody's dream. (laughs) How it all originally started was there was so many stories growing up about spirits and ghosts and a whole bunch of different things. And that got me interested. And then on Facebook, In 2011, I seen a post, it was going around about TAPS doing an investigation at the Grant House. Wait, just a second here. What's TAPS? TAPS is the Atlantic Paranormal Society. Okay, great. And just for some reason, I jumped and I'm like, I have to. It was a, so it was a hotel, the Grant House. It was very small so having a large amount of people was really hard but the energy I didn't have any negative feeling when I was there whatsoever everybody was amazing and it was definitely different because I was expecting more of like um, I've done a lot of reading and research about investigations and I've realized a lot of people tend to post more negative than positive on investigations so I went into it thinking negative right away that it some bad was gonna happen and it was the complete opposite I was full of energy everybody was very thorough with how to do investigations they taught people how to use equipment and it was a really fulfilling night you mentioned that you grew up with a lot of experiences Uh, Growing up, we had a home in Cottage Grove, and my mom was always very open about having visitors, mainly her mother, when she had passed away. And me being a kid, we moved there when I was in the middle of fourth grade. And she would tell me different stories. A photo frame would be moved, or her water would be moved, and just little things, and I would always laugh it off. I'm like, okay, mom, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She was always open with anything in life in general. You ask her a question, she would be honest no matter what it is. I, I don't know if I've actually sat down and told my mom that she is the main reason why I started doing this. Probably should. <laughs> what do you think she'd say? Um, I think she'd be pretty shocked and pretty happy. And I think she was like that because I always had... Uh, I don't know if it's really an instinct, but I'm always the one when even as a kid, I heard a noise, I'd be the one out of all the kids running to go see what the noise is. I'm the one who play in the dark all the time and read and do all the different things. And I think that may have been one of the things that kind of caught her eye. And she decided to start being open with me about the experiences that she's had. You mentioned that your mom had some experiences in your home when you were growing up. Did you have any experiences in that house? Um, it was actually quite interesting. Uh, my two sisters, they're older than me. They're two years older and they're twins. And of course, they had first dibs on the basement. They're the older girls. They both went down there and really wasn't their thing. I don't think either one of them made it an entire week in the basement. And I was just patiently waiting. I'm like, all right, it's my turn. And I, I don't know what it was, but I always felt very comfortable in the basement. But it was a unique setup. It wasn't like a regular basement. You just walk down the stairs and you have a room. This one, you had to go through three doors to get to the bedroom. And so that was different. It was an older style house. So the light switch wasn't outside the door. To paint a picture, you would open up the upstairs door, go down about 16 steps, take a left, and then right there you have your light switches on the left-hand side, two open folding doors, you go inside of that, and then you take another left, and then you open that door, and that's where the bedroom was. So at nighttime, it was very interesting going down there, because you'd have to turn the light off, open the door, shut the door, all in the dark, get into the bedroom, and then turn on the lamp to be able to see anything in the basement. The main one that got me interested was one night I was going to bed. So I did the whole routine, shutting all the doors, and I'm just laying on my bed and I'm watching TV. And it was so the old, you pull the switch, it had a string for your light. Well, all of a sudden I look in my closet door, the light was on. And you could see underneath, it had a couple inch gap underneath, so you could easily see the light. And I seen it, I was like, hmm, okay, what's going on? Got up, went in there, looked around, didn't see anything, thought it might be my sisters or my dad, somebody playing a joke on me. All right, shut off, go sit back down. Well, four more times. And I kept getting up, shutting it off, getting up, shutting it off. And I finally got irritated, and I was just yelled, I'm like, stop it! And as soon as I did that, and I turned to look to watch the television, all of a sudden there was a face, like right in front of my face. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it looked just like my cousin Mitch. And he was around my age, a little younger. 
But I was like, oh my god. And then it felt like a pressure on me. So I like sat back against, because I had a, a futon, the bottom of my bed was like a futon. So I sat back, and then as soon as I sat back, it just kind of slowly went away, like disappeared like fog. That was the first time that like anything, I don't know if you want to say horrific, but something intense happened down there. I felt like that was not my home, that was not my room. It was like I didn't belong there, but that was only while I seen the face. As soon as the face went away, I was fine. And you mentioned that the face looked like your cousin? Yes. Why do you think that was? We were very close. Um, We used to go up to my aunt's cabin and just growing up together, all of us kids were so close. We'd go fishing all the time. And I, I told him that I, when I got older, I wanted to leave. I, I wanted to do something different. I think it was because he, I'll try not to get emotional. Um, he was dying of cancer. And um, we just found out that he was not going to make it. So I think he visited me saying, kind of like saying goodbye. I think when he passed, he was 10. And it was uh, leukemia, so... That always triggered me to do more. (laughs) Sorry. No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. people that I know are still iffy if spirits are real. Even though he was still alive that day, I think some way he was able to do like an out-of-body experience. And that just, it proves to me that anybody out there, no matter what kind of condition, no matter what they're going through, they're going to be there. And I was like, all right, I want to do this. If I go to a place and there's a an unhappy spirit, I always I want to try to figure out why and see if there's something I can do to help them. And yeah, he's, he's always made me, when I go on investigations, I kind of talk to myself and I'm like, all right, Mitch, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Have you ever felt his presence again? Yes. Um, 2016. At, uh, the Walcott, it's it's also known as Walcott Boy Farm, so it is in Fairbolt, Minnesota. We were approved to go and see some of the buildings that were still there. There's not a lot there. And we went there, and we had another 
unsettling feeling, I guess we can say, on that investigation. And while we were walking, for some reason, I was like, all right, I grabbed my little chakra necklace. I'm like, all right, Mitch, all right, Mitch, I got this, I got this. And again, I thought, I thought I saw him. Definitely not as clear as I did in Cottage Grove. But I was like, all right, I'm like, he's here. So he seems to be present when I, when I need him. So I think he's, he's kind of like my little guardian angel. And when people find out this is what you do, what, how, what's their reaction? It's definitely different now that I'm older. When I tell people it's an interest compared to when I was younger, it, yeah, 10 years ago, people weren't too keen on it from what I've gone through. But yeah, people, it's, it's quite different. Do you think that's your age or do you think that people are changing? I think people are changing. People are more open and they don't shy away from a lot like they used to. A lot of people I know, they'd be like, yeah, it's, it's interesting when it's just you and them talking and it's not with a group or anybody around you. They're so much more open. And I think that the world today, people are starting to be more and more open and they're starting to accept the odd, the unknown. And I love it. It just, the world's changing. Right after we talked to Katie, I read a book called The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. And in it, he states that several studies have shown that anywhere from 10 to 17 percent of the general population of the United States have seen an apparition. I don't really know how you measure that, but if there's any truth to it, it might mean that there's just a lot more experiences like this out there. And maybe it is a good thing that the world might be changing. If you want to follow Katie on her investigations, you can find her team on Facebook at MN Paranormal Energy. Just a reminder that Katie reached out to us about her story, and we'd love to do more of this thing in the future. So if you have a story that you'd like to tell, just get a hold of us and we'll try to make it happen. Until next time, thanks. Yep. Should we... uh... Do like another take? Yep, should probably. We, should we like introduce ourselves? Yeah, maybe. Should, so. Hi everyone, this is Eric. Wait, are we going again? Yeah, we're just. <laughs> okay, this is Kelsey. Ryan will edit it all together, don't worry. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. No, what do we have to say? Um, That uh, we're planning a live event and we need stories from people. Yeah, so why we're bringing this up is before we can do an event, we need stories and we need people who are willing to share those stories. So if you have an experience with ghosts, spirit, paranormal experience, metaphysical, aliens, worlds, something. Yeah. um, Let us know and uh, we'll let you know how you'd uh, be able to share it at a live event. 
Yeah, only requirement is you have a story and you are comfortable talking in front of a live audience. And yeah, and you have to be, in, have the, to be in the Twin, twin cities. cities. You don't have to live in the Twin Cities, but you have to be able to be in the Twin Cities for when we plan our event. Yes. Uh, I think that's all we know right now, so contact us through our website or... It will be in the fall. In the we fall. know so much more than we think we know. Right, we're... Plans. We got plans. Yes. Live event. We need your stories. Direct message us on Instagram or email us through our website strangetransmissions.com.